following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. In the remaining moments we have together today, it's awesome to get to be here and celebrate Passover. I want to help you if I can. We've got to connect for sure Passover and Resurrection Day and Easter for a lot of us. So we don't want you to be confused, you know, because we're saying Passover, we're saying Easter, we're saying resurrection. Actually, they're all saying the same thing. Easter, Resurrection Day, is actually the fulfillment of the feast of Passover. Now, why is that important? Because, unfortunately, Easter has become a religious holiday, you know, where we eat chocolate and jelly beans. And I'm all about that now. I'm going to tell you, I've got a table full of them at home. I've been eating them for breakfast. I love jelly beans. I'm all about that. I'll probably hunt some eggs later. I mean, I'm not against any of that. I just don't want us to lose the power of the moment. Because there's a power in this moment. There's an anointing in this moment. And if your mind can open up for the next few moments and receive this moment, you can step into a new place this year, whether you've served the Lord a day, never served him at all, or served him for 40 years. Today is a moment you can cross over into a new dimension if you'll go in. And so when Jesus celebrated the meal with the disciples before the cross, that was the Passover meal. And so Jesus reduced the Passover meal down to the bread and the wine. We'll have, we'll have that at the, at the end of the meeting today. But this is a picture of the Passover meal. Passover was when the nation of Israel, God told them, eat, get a lamb, perfect lamb, eat the lamb, apply the blood on your doorpost, and the death angel will pass over and you will come out of slavery into freedom. And so we're celebrating today that the blood of Christ did not just save us from something, it saved us for something. This is important because unfortunately sometimes we get hung up on the Easter resurrection day that that happened and thank God we're saved, but we stay stuck. But God didn't just save us from something, he saved us for something. So today simply we're going to cross over. Touch three people today and tell you, today we're going to cross over. Now, touch other neighbors. Say, if you don't want to cross over, I'm pulling you over with me today. <laughs> now, I will tell you, even though we're having early service, I am a bit on the fired up side today. So, I mean, if you, if you came for your traditional Easter service, you're probably not going to have that because I just got back from Dallas. I was there last night and yesterday morning, and it was lit. You know, as we celebrated together with Glory of Zion, and I had this kind of a, you know, I thought it was a good message ready for everybody, and man, the Lord got on me on the way home. Mm-mm-mm. He said, don't you dare go back to Coldwater and not bring what was there to here. And don't, don't dare compromise what I'm doing to try to make people comfortable. Because I want my people to cross over so touch two more people say, I'm very serious, I'm about to cross over. <laughs> the Lord spoke to us this year. He said, don't celebrate Passover as normal, celebrating leaving Egypt, 
Celebrate Passover this year crossing over into your inheritance or your promise. This is found in the book of Joshua. I'll read Joshua 5, 8 through 12, and we'll hit it pretty quick. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people, they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. And then the Lord said to Joshua this day, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal, which means the rolling away to this day. Now, the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover. That's what we're doing today. They camped and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month. That's today at twilight on the plains of Jericho. They ate of the produce of the land on that day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. I want to talk to you just for the next 15 minutes about how to cross over. The first thing that happened is they were circumcised. What does that mean for us as Christians today in this society? Circumcision was a natural thing of the flesh back then as a sign of covenant. Today, it's a circumcision of our hearts. And it's a simple renewal of the covenant promises of God. Israel had a promised land. You have a land of promises. And so today is the day at Passover that we renew our hearts to the covenant promises of God. Because like you, when we go through seasons, you can go through seasons of disappointment and trauma and unanswered prayer and difficulties and circumstances and the enemy starts speaking into your ear and he tries to start to get you to start doubting the plans and the purposes of God. But I'm here to tell you today, the God that we serve that raised his son from the dead is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. God is not a man that he could lie nor the son of man that he should repent if he said it he will do it if he's spoken it he will make it good some of you need to grab back a hold of you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus some of us need to grab back a hold I'm the head not the tail I'm above not beneath some of us need to grab back a hold. I'm healed. I don't care what my body says. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the report says. My Bible says with his stripes, I am healed. Some of you, some of you just need to shout, I'm blessed. The Bible says we've already been blessed in spiritual places with Christ Jesus. These are the promises of God. Some of you need to be, believe you're free. I'm anointed. I'm chosen. I'm called. I'm adopted. I'm empowered. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm walking in my destiny. I'm walking in my inheritance. I'm a child of God. These are covenant promises of God. That's why we like celebrating Passover. 
We don't, we don't just want to remember a cross 2,000 years ago and wear one as an emblem. It's a reality for us today. The promises of God are real. They're true. They're yes and amen. And so I understand like you, we have difficulties and situations we walk through. But I believe today, as we get ready to cross over, God wants to renew a hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Delay does not mean denial. And I believe many are going to enter into the promises of God today. Number two, and quickly, the manna ceased. What does that mean? Israel was fed for 40 years with bread from heaven every day, but that's all they got. It wasn't more than enough. It was just enough. But when they crossed over into the land of promises, God said, I'm going to take you to a place that's flowing. Touch three people and say, I'm about to get to a place of flowing. A place of flowing, not just enough. Here's what I feel like the Lord is saying about Passover this year. We're moving from just enough to more than enough. Just enough. How many are tired of living in just enough? And I'm not talking about just, just enough money. I'm talking about just enough peace, just enough joy, just enough help, just enough strength. God wants to take us to a new place of provision. A new source of provision. Jesus wants to break a mindset. See, after 40 years, you can get in a mindset of just enough. But I believe today Jesus wants to break a mindset of just enough. Some people got it broken off last week. How many of you were here last week? How many of you were not here last week? Oh, touch them. Say, where were you? No, I'm just teasing. Last week, the Lord moved on us. And I know it was foolishness. I even embarrassed some of my close associates and friends last week. We got so wild in here. But last week, the Lord spoke to us that he's ready to take us to a place of new provision. And I reminded of a story where I had a prophetic encounter where the Lord said, twist, jump, and shout, money come. And it came. And so last week, people just randomly started coming and putting money on the stage for an offering in preparation for a first fruits offering. Saying, Lord, I'd love to have a first fruits offering, but I don't even have enough for that. I'll give you a small seed for a larger seed. And we, and we said, Lord, is it possible that there is a place that we can live beyond paycheck to paycheck? Now, if you like living paycheck to paycheck, Send me your abundance because there's some things we want to get done around here. Come on. We want to feed nations. We want to transform cities. We want to raise up apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. We want to expand the kingdom of God. So I got these emails. I'll just share them real quick. Last week you preached on financial breakthrough. I received the word in my heart like the woman that touched the hem of Jesus' garment. I laid hold of it and I was so excited. You see, I went to get my taxes done Monday hoping for return, and instead I got a bill. $1,575. I was crushed initially, but then I quickly said, wait a minute. She said, so I tapped into my savings, and I sent the payment the next day to the IRS, but I was determined to receive the prophetic word on that, on that prophecy. So she said, two days later, I went to the mailbox, and dreadfully there was a letter from the IRS. She thought, Lord, I owe more money. 
She said, so I opened it at Hesda, and I was shocked to find these words. You have made an overpayment of $1,900. You got money coming back to you. Come on, somebody. Now, wait a minute. I hear people, well, that, you know, that happens for them. It's a mindset. Well, that could never happen to me. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. God, let me give you one more. On Sunday, I felt the Spirit of God tell me to lay down a seed. And I was asking God for a specific first fruit seed, but I knew it would be a sacrifice to have to give it out of my paycheck. I always tithed, but I knew to give a bigger first fruit offering was going to put me in a real tight. However, I was leaping, twirling, calling money to come. Then you prophesied that people would get their first fruit offering or seed this week. Well, I got paid on Friday, but guess what? I got a bonus check. It was enough not just to cover my first fruit, but pay off a credit card debt that was hanging over my head. I want to add, I hadn't got a bonus all this year, and typically you only get one at Christmas, but I'm stepping into my double portion in those areas of my life I've not been in before. Touch three people, say, I'm about to cross over into a new source of supply. Then it says, On that day, they renewed their hearts with the promises. They believed to step into a new place of provision. And God rolled away their reproach. We talked about this two or three weeks ago. So many of God's people are living under the spirit of shame. We're living under the spirit of shame because of disappointment, trauma, wrong choices, sin, But here's the difference. There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is a good thing. Because if you feel guilt, you know when you've done something wrong. And you're able to make it right. Shame is when you identify that that's who you are. Not what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done in this last year cycle, that's not who you are. You may have made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. You may have been addicted, but you're not an addict. You may have made some wrong choices, but you're not a bad person. you got to break away from the shame of that behavior. And it says God rolled away the reproach, and we learn how, he, how does God roll away reproach? Overwhelming you with a blessing. See, here's what I'm determined. Many of us can't cross over today. We don't even have the strength. We're so bound up in shame and reproach we can't get over. I got good news. I remember, I, re, I went back to that story about Mephibosheth, why it says his, his name means mouth of shame. If you don't know the story, he was dropped as a child. He was uh, in the lineage of King Saul, Jonathan's son, was dropped by his nurse as a child, was lame in both feet, living in a wilderness called Lodabar. No way into the blessings. Shamefully living, crippled, Outside the blessings of God, as soon as David became king, it says, David the king said immediately, go find Mephibosheth. What does that tell me? That means God's eyes are looking throughout the whole earth just looking for somebody that he can show himself strong on your behalf. I got good news. You may not can get to God, but God knows how to get to you. And it says, I want you to bring him to my house. And set his lame self at my table. Why do you want him to sit at the table so his shame could be covered? 
put him under my table and let him feast at my table continually. Man, that got a hold of me. God spoke to me, said this year, Kent, I'm going to bring vengeance on your enemies. I was like, thank you, Lord. Kill every one of them. Give them hemorrhoids. Do whatever you got to do. Get them, Lord. Get them, Jesus. Lord said, you don't understand what vengeance is. Vengeance isn't about me doing something to your enemies. And I'm not talking about natural enemies. I'm talking about spiritual enemies. God, God said, I, you, don't know, you don't know what vengeance is. Vengeance is not me dealing with your enemies. Vengeance is me blessing you in front of your enemies. He said, I'll prepare you a table in the wilderness. I will, set you, I will prepare you a table in the midst of your enemies, and they'll have to watch you feed on my faithfulness. Touch three people say, God's got a table for you. Now, see, here's what I'm learning about this reproach stuff. That's not a one-time deal. It's not like, and that's why some people say, well, I thought we crossed over five years ago. We did that year. But on your journey with God, you'll be called to cross many things many times. I've, I've, I've been out of shame got reproach rolled off and got back into shame and had to get it rolled off again and got back into shame and had to get it rolled off. The good news is the righteous fall down seven times, but they keep getting up. Touch three people say, I'm still here and I'm still getting up. I was reminded of my own story and I got to hurry this week, but this table really got hold of me, this table of the Lord. See, Gilgal is not necessarily a geographical place. It's a type of place. Gilgal means circle or wheel. So it's not necessarily a geographical location. It's a type of a place. That's why today you're at Gilgal. Not in Israel, but you've completed a cycle. Nisan, the new month, the first month, Passover, is the first of the new cycle. Some of us were on top and we went all the way to the bottom this year. But I got good news. We're about to cycle back around to the top again. Come on, somebody. I may have been down last season, but baby, I'm going to get back up in this season and I'm crossing over. I know you're nine o'clock. You're going to catch me here in a minute. I got to thinking about it. When Bev and I were called into ministry, I was a drug addict. Shameful. Shameful to my family, shameful to my, 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 my brothers and sisters, my mom and dad, my wife. Shameful. And you can't get out of that reproach. It's hard. Because it's what you are, who you are. But I met Jesus, but I still had the past, still had the reproach. And how do you ever get out of that, especially without an education? I was lame. <laughs> and I got to think about this table. Because I was sitting in a church service like this with my wife, Beverly, and a guy named Benny Hinn preaching. And out of 2,000 people, he called me a lame guy. Come on. With full of reproach. Called us forward and said, the trials of the past have come to an end and the glory of tomorrow shall be revealed to you in clarity for I'll place you in a place of ministry where wounded lambs will come your way. You will snatch them from the oppressor, not only deliver them, but see them strengthen, see them grow. Be strong, be strong, be strong, says God, for I'll place you in a place of ministry and nothing will stop me from accomplishing my plan for your life. 
the king came and got me and brought me to the table. Next thing you know, he says, you're going to be in the ministry with me. I say, how can that happen? That can't happen. I'm lame. I'm full of reproach. I'm a drug addict. 18 months later, Benny Hinn came up to me. He said, I think you're supposed to be one of our pastors. I said, how does that work? I have no seminary, no education, no training. He said, come to church Sunday night. See what God says. Bev stayed home with the kids. I went to church. Benny got me up in front of 2,000 people and said, this is one of our new pastors. I came home. I told Bev, I said, I'm a pastor. She said, how'd that happen? I said, Benny said, she said, they're going to pay. I said, I didn't ask. Next day, I'm sitting at a table with all the pastors the old lame drug addict. These were pastors of their own churches. I'm talking real pastors. <laughs> Benny started asking, what's your burden? Some said China, senior citizens. And I'm thinking, what? man, well, it's coming around to me. I'm thinking, I ain't got no burden for nobody. <laughs> so what am I going to do? I'm, I got to get a burden. Quick. So I thought, what am I going to do? I'm sitting at the table. I said, I'll lie. <laughs> you know what they say about a lie? It's either abomination or a very present help in time of trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I thought, I'll make up something like Zimbabwe. <laughs> I thought, that wouldn't be the right thing to lie, you know, your first day. <laughs> so it got around to me. Man, I started sweating. Everybody, God, Lord have mercy. Got around me, Benny said, Kent, what's your burden? I said, I don't have any. I cast all mine on the Lord. He said, brother, we're going to be really good friends, you and me. What's my point? God snatched me out of my wilderness and set me at a table where I didn't even deserve to be. And I'm here to prophesy to somebody, God's about to take you out of your obscurity and he's about to set you at a table. It might be a boardroom table. It might be a business table. It might be a table with your family. It might be a table with your ministry. But you are coming out of your wilderness. Some of you drug addicts and people going through recovery, the world gave up on you and the world gave up on me, but God didn't give up on you and God didn't give up on me. Slap three people, high five, say, we are crossing over. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house. Touch your neighbor, say, I'm not going to be lame no more. I'm crossing over. Kings sent for me. <laughs> I got to hurry. Last, circumcise their hearts. Got rid of that unbelief. (sighs) 
Lester Summerall used to say, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Circumcise your heart. Step into a new place of provision. Let God roll away the reproach. Believe what he said about you. I have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb from the hand of the enemy. I've been in the fire and I don't even smell like smoke. You know what people tell me today? They say, Ken, I can't even really believe you were ever a drug addict. I said, believe it. Come on. We just got to quit identifying with that and identify with who God says we are. The reason Israel couldn't, leave, couldn't go in is not because they didn't believe God. They didn't believe what God believed about them. It says they see us, we see ourselves as grasshoppers and we see them as giants. That's why Israel couldn't go in. It wasn't that they didn't believe God. They didn't believe what God believed about them. They believed the same lie Adam believed that he wasn't enough. Same, same lie Adam, Israel believed and that's why Jesus came and died a shameful death on the cross to identify with us so that we could identify with him and believe that he loved you so much and so believed in us. You see, when God rested the seventh day, it wasn't because he was tired, it's because he was satisfied. He knew what he had made and created would be able to walk in its purpose and its destiny. And I'm here today to reach into people's spirits and call out your destiny and call out your purpose. I'm here to declare to you you're not saved just from something. You're saved for something. And I'm here to break the power of the lies of the devil off of your neck and off of your mind because it says the anointing will remove every burden and destroy every yoke from off your neck. I'm here to say you've got something inside of you that was valuable enough for Jesus to come and hang on a dreaded cross and take a beating and a scorning and a shaming because he so believed in your destiny in your purpose and I'm here to call that out today that you will no longer live in a wilderness of shame or discontentment but you will step up step over and step into your destiny and your purpose in this season in Jesus name this is the power of the blood they ate the Passover this is what we're about to do I'm about to instruct you in this com in communion as we eat the Passover and then when we do, I've got a prophetic act that I want, I want us to walk in. And then we'll get gone. We'll go get some jelly beans and walk in our destiny. Glory to God. Here's how they ate the Passover, Exodus 12, 11. And this is the way you're going to eat it. See, most of us take communion in a very solemn fashion. It says this is the way you eat it. Eat it with your belt on your waist. And put your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and eat it in a hurry. Why? It's the Lord's Passover. What's he saying? Where you at, you're about to get out of. Where you're standing, you're not going to be anymore. We're going to eat in haste because every year at Passover, God is wanting to take you somewhere else spiritually that you've never been before. And we enter into each new season by faith. 
This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.